0: Irreverent,
1: entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk
0: Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio.
1: Bad karma for Wuhan, China. More horse deaths at Santa Anita Racetrack. Sean Abner, a former Major League Baseball player, goes to prison. It's raining carrots and potatoes in New South Wales, Australia. Wings of rescue, let the fur fly, and more. Hello, I'm William Mayoff.
0: And I am Nancy DeFabio, and we're here with our producer, Dale Chadwick. Hello. Hey. Hey there, how's it going? Welcome to Animal News Magazine. This is a live radio show about animals. The topics range from animals in science, to animals in entertainment, to animals in religion, to animals in agriculture. Animals play an important role in our daily lives. And this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world. And from that information, you can draw your own conclusions. We uh, give facts here. We do have our opinion, and we express it very well. But um, we'll leave it up to you to form your own conclusions. Connie Spence today is our guest. She'll be hopping on at 2.30, and she's the founder of Vegan Justice League, and she'll explain to us how government subsidies, a product of our tax dollars, protect animal farmers from the laws of supply and demand. So that will be a very interesting conversation indeed. Connie Spence, Mm. 2.30 today. So um, let's get started.
1: Yeah, but you know, I. Uh,
0: I know you're very sad. You're feeling very sad, William. Really, really sad. Yeah, Actually, I shouldn't be laughing. This is a terrible thing that happened today. Yeah. It's not fun. So at all.
1: we ter- we turned on the news this morning. We have to. Uh, this is the headline of it's terrible. Kobe uh, Kobe uh, Bryant just got killed in a helicopter yeah. crash with his daughter. Very tragic. yeah, it's just a horribly sad. Cloud. And there were three other people on that yeah, plane, yes, too. Yes, yes. We don't
0: know about them either, but, yeah, very tragic.
1: But the headline, and their their souls are priceless, too, and valuable, too. But what a terrible headline, and what a cloud to have to conduct a show uh, live here and have, uh, you know, legendary uh, Kobe Bryant has passed and is getting a helicopter crash in Calabasas not far from here. An inspirational legend to kids across the country, across the world. Yeah. Well, it's Terrible hard to loss. do
0: the show, but think of your mission, Terrible which loss. is to educate people about uh, the animal world and yeah. the good news and the, the bad news. So, so that's uh, the headline. We have to carry on. We
1: pay respects, and our prayers are with the family, uh, the people suffering from this loss. Terrible. Uh, what, that that that's going to push everything out of the the news. Uh, but uh, the coronavirus. That's something that we're all aware of, too, uh, you know, in light of uh, Kobe's uh, horrible headlines uh, here. So people are, uh, you know, especially JFK in Los Angeles, they've been set, they set up these, uh, what, they do extra exams on the people arriving? Yeah, in they, the...
0: they take swab uh, yeah. samples and they, S- if they made... show any signs of illness, they...
1: They try to quarantine them. That's made headlines. Know. People are paranoid. They don't want this to spread, like the SARS and the MERS virus. So the Chinese city of Wuhan, that's where 11 million people over there. That's they shut that whole city down, and they don't know the source of this uh, this coronavirus. The epicenter of the coronavirus, like the city of Wuhan, uh, has banned the trade of live animals at food markets after one location was linked to the spread of the disease. The Hunan Seafood Market in Wuhan was closed on January 1st after it was believed to be the starting point for the outbreak of the virus, also known as the Wuhan virus. Police in the central Chinese city have been conducting checks to ensure that the rule is enforced by the city's roughly 11 million residents, as I mentioned. Before its closure, Hunan Market was selling various animals for food, including young wolves, and civet cats, C I V E T. What's yeah. that, Nancy?
0: A civet, uh, it's really not a cat. It's a small, skinny, uh, nocturnal animal. It's a mammal, and it uh, lives in uh, Asia and Africa, tropical Asia, uh, especially in the forests.
1: It's not like a household cat that we know? No,
0: no. Okay. I don't even know why they call it a cat.
1: Um, well, um, it sells. It's,
0: it's found in Southeast Asia, China, obviously. That's a civet cat. And the wolves are usually the. Tighten baby wolves and also bats. They sell live bats. Live yeah, they're trying to
1: source where this virus, yeah. uh, you know, originated. It sells dead and live animals for consumption. According to the World Health Organization, the outbreak of the disease appears to be associated with exposure to this market. It is believed that the virus first jumped from animal to human via the meat that was sold there. Yeah. So far, the disease has killed at least nine people and affected over 440 others.
0: Yeah, we have photos of people actually either fainted or dying in the streets of Wuhan. But it's not um, this this issue, this hygiene in the markets. It's not It's been raised before. It's not the first time that it happens. And um, I don't think it's the first time that a virus has jumped from meat to human. But this is, this become like a killer virus. So it's becoming a little bit popular. And it's also... Um,
1: first they said it was from bats. It's Maybe from, from snakes.
0: From, we don't know exactly what animal, but they sell all kinds of live animals. They actually advertise. For, for eating. Uh,
1: this is for eating at this market yeah, in Yeah, I Wunan. think
0: the, the South China Morning Post, I don't know if they advertise there, but the this, this Huanan Seafood Market, it, it advertises a variety of animals, like live animals, dogs, peacocks, um, I think camels, oh, and koalas. They have live koalas. Right. So it's Well, that's unbelievable. blatantly
1: illegal because you're not um, even supposed to smuggle a koala outside of Australia. Those yeah. those few that are left because oh, of right. fires.
0: Wolf pops Nancy,
1: are these cats. animals for eating, for yeah, playing, no, for pets?
0: No, no. They're for eating. For consumption. Okay. It is, how barbaric so, can you be? I just... I can't just wrap my head around this. How
1: some well, the people, Chinese palate, the Chinese palate. We yeah, have the, to wonder why they're not I, into. I,
0: I, they're born into this culture. I understand that, but like, just stop and think for a minute. What the, are you doing? You I know?
1: guess American imperialism hasn't spread enough with Kentucky Fried Chicken and pizza. Or maybe American and Pizza Hut.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: American imperialism. Eat, eat some Pizza Hut instead yeah. of bats and snakes and all these exotic animals
0: i've seen pictures uh, i mean i don't i mean i believe this that they have no actually it's been in the uh, usa today these are like legitimate mainstream media media business insider usa today pictures of soup, soup bat soup with the dead bat on the side of the bowl you know like when you have a french onion soup they put some fancy stuff on the side of the well now they have bats dead bats on hanging on the bowl like like when you how you would put a on think, a glass? Are those
1: legitimate pictures? Or yeah, you think I it's think someone who's anti-Chinese? You think they're legitimate? No, anti- they,
0: they they look. Uh, they're, they're, they're legitimate. All, this is mainstream media that's publishing these photos. We're not talking about you know crazy. Well,
1: if it's from Fox News, then it's legit. Then. No, I'm not all even, the rest no, is Fox fake are, news.
0: I've seen no. All the rest of, is fake news. I, I don't see no. We try not from to Fox take
1: sides Fox. on this show, exactly. right? Exactly,
0: okay. right, Dale. There we go. Just the
1: sides of animals that can't speak for themselves, right? And then you were you know okay. Hey, we saw something, we saw something, just a little levity here. There's a great, great uh, chain of stores in Southern California, they're in Florida, they're in Boston, they're all over the country called Trader Joe's. And kudos and a plug to Trader Joe's because before Whole Foods came along or Sprouts, there's all their natural uh, food stores, Trader Joe's was there before the gang, before it was in. And they sell Beyond Meat uh, under the guise of the Trader Joe's yeah. been thing, it's, but it's they sell a, Beyond Meat veggie burgers. It's a, Trader oh, Joe's. Oh,
0: it's undercover.
1: Isn't that nice? Isn't that great of Trader Joe's, Wick,
0: Nancy. It's yeah, great yeah, of so Beyond Meat, too.
1: Great of Beyond Meat. Power yeah. to these folks. So, you know, we're not killing animals, and you don't have to put a stupid and it's token protein. back.
0: It's pea protein. Remember, let's remember that. That's what we're paying more.
1: Kudos to uh, Trader Joe's. Uh, in other news, uh, Last week, three horses died. We spoke last last time on our last show about all these horses that are dying at the famed Santa Anita Racetrack here in Southern California, in Arcadia, California. Well, three more horses died. Tikkun Olam. There's some Hebrew over there. You know that Tikkun Olam corrections. Yeah, Yeah, that's like Kabbalistic correction, Tikkun to correct something. Olam is, I think, everybody, but our Israeli or Hebrew. connoisseurs can go ahead and email us or call in or go to our website and let us know. Uh, anyway, Tuko Nalama, four-year-old gelding was euthanized because of injuries he sustained in a collision with another horse. On Saturday, a four-year-old gelding named Uncontainable was entered in the first race of the day and suffered a fractured right ankle. Per recommendation from the attending veterinarian, the horse was euthanized. A day earlier on Friday... This was
0: like a week ago, before, not this Friday, the Friday before, the Saturday before, the Sunday before. This is
1: all too frequent. Right. And a day earlier on Friday, a six-year-old gelding named Harless was euthanized after fracturing his right front ankle in a race. He was also euthanized under the recommendation from the attending veterinarian. The three combined deaths in consecutive days brought the number of horse deaths at Santa Anita to at least 42, Since December 2018, five horses have died at the track since its winter-spring meeting began in December of 20, what is that, the 28th of December 2019. On December 19th, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office concluded that there was no criminal wrongdoing connected to the deaths, but urged state regulators to develop safety enhancements to reduce horse deaths. Could they be more proactivist? The DA's office recommended harsher penalties for rule violations and the establishment of a tip line for people to report violations or animal cruelty allegations. The DA also suggested mandatory inspections of racing and training facilities and reviews of uh, necro- necropsy. That's
0: autopsy for animals.
1: Thank you. And veterinary records of horses that have died.
0: Yeah, the the, um, the report also made recommendations... Um, Related to identifying the pre any of the horse has any pre existing conditions was aimed at identifying any pre existing conditions in horses um, that could lead to breakdowns. Um, they the DA recommended establishing uh, track maintenance protocols, you know, safety codes of conduct for owners, trainers, those involved in the race or in the managing of the horses. Um, it's all. Crap because basically, if you if it's you have to outlaw medicating a horse when he has an injured ankle and forcing him to run, you have to outlaw that. You have to outlaw anti bleeding drugs because they don't use them anywhere else in the world. I think maybe Canada uses it, but I know we do it here in the U.S. So they have to legislate some
1: humanities, some bottom line threshold conditions where the animal is not forced to race. If its health is so, because usually uh, so, that's why they die. They so, injure themselves in the so same fragile, place, and right. they
0: and they because it's fragile. They don't. They're medicated. They're all dr- and They also have these these performance drugs that they administer. These like crack cocaine for horses. So it's like as long as these drugs are legal, you can have all the federal laws you want, all the state laws. Uh, Why
1: don't we get 60 minutes for one of those shows to do an expose on the owners of these horses?
0: I'm just waiting for Newsom to suspend the racing because now California Horse Racing Board has authority to suspend the races. has authority, but as so long if, as people if, go to the So if they cared for the these races, horses
1: more, there'd be less deaths and everybody would be okay. They can keep the practice of the horse racing as long as there's some more humanity towards the horses.
0: Just don't go to the horse race. Actually, it's really it's, it's diminishing in popularity. Less and less people are going to accept for... Uh, The diehards like Tim Conway Jr., those kinds of people.
1: You know, you're a psychic lady, Nancy, because he was at the tip of my tongue just now. Tim Conway Jr.
0: Well, he has blood on his hands.
1: I like Tim Conway Jr. He
0: has blood on his hands. And no
1: one knows Santa Anita Racetrack better than Tim Conway Jr., okay? So, Tim, you got to call the show. Do me a favor. Uh, Write us, call us, contact us to set the record straight here with Santa Anita. We know you're very fond of the racetrack, but you're a good dad. And you're very fond of horses and animals. I know that through listening to you for so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, so, should and, and, and away from the track.
1: We have a medium, and especially oh. you, and you're the son of a legendary Tim Conway Sr. And, and you know, if you can help clean up the act at Sanitas, you keep the practice going as long as they're more humane to the horses. What's going on, Tim Conway Jr.? Help us out here. Straighten us up. Put, shed some light on this. Of course. Okay? And yeah. he'll be contacting us. Okay. He's a good guy. Probably
0: you more than yeah, me. He'll,
1: well, he'll, he'll yeah. What's the next item here, Nancy? Sean Abner? Well, you know, on January 21st, 2020, Sean Abner, a former Major League Baseball player, appeared at the Cumberland County Courthouse in North Carolina for sentencing on aggravated animal cruelty charges. The prosecution asked for a minimum sentence of nine months in prison, while the defense asked for a sentence of time served of 110 days, making him eligible for immediate release. So credit for time served. Judge Albert Masland chose a middle ground, a minimum sentence of four and a half months to 23 months in Cumberland County uh, Prison with credit for time served of 110 days, making him eligible for parole on February 25th, which is what? Which is uh, coming up soon next month. Yeah, Abner was also sentenced to 100 hours of community service, 60% involving animal-related service, a $500 fine and paying for the prosecution. I wonder what he would be doing related to animals to make nice. Judge Maslin imposed that sentence two months after Abner, 53, pleaded guilty to the felony count of aggravated animal cruelty. Court documents state that Abner had been in Kansas since July 19, and that he intentionally and knowingly neglected his dog, Eagle, when he left his home without providing proper care for the animal. Township police arrested Abner after a neighbor found the decomposing corpse of Abner's dog, a 14-year-old husky named Eagle, in his house in August. Abner was out of town, and according to investigators, the dog had been dead for about a month. This guy, Abner, is a piece of work here, as my dad used to say. Abner was the first player picked in the 1984 Major League Baseball draft and played for several teams, including the Chicago White Sox in 1992.
0: So it looks like he left his dog alone. Obviously, just, an food or water. just an oversight. Just an oversight. Just an but,
1: yeah, oversight. Yeah, just an oversight. Do you think that maybe deal. he called for the babysitter or the sitter, the dog sitter, the well, sitter never showed up? That's
0: what, you, especially a dog, you can take them to. I mean, I'm sure he had some money. You know, he played for the White Sox. I'm sure he had enough in his phone care, okay, whatever the hell he had, to you know, or take out of his travel money. To visit, I think he was visiting his girlfriend in put them in a pet, put the dog he, in a pet hotel.
1: He probably claimed well, up with some. We don't have the whole court document, you know, the whole court file, but surely he was able to, uh, you know, uh, file some defensive uh, documentation, and it probably was very lame. Of and, course, it was very really lame, and uh, he got a sentence because he yeah. couldn't give a damn about the doggy. And actually, I'm really impressed
0: in North Carolina. I am impressed that the judge. Uh, yes, the judge, that the judge actually gave time, pr- prison time mm-hmm. and I'm very proud of the prosecution I mean in the big scheme of things for me nine months is a spit in the bucket you should get nine years for doing this but considering that you know animals still you to chattel stuff like that I know, but it's, how it's can you leave good?
1: your dog at home for it to decompose and be dead a month yeah
0: just just left it. Dog to and what, I
1: wonder what his, his defense was because it wasn't compelling judge. No, he apologized.
0: I just said, I'm sorry. It was an oversight. I didn't mean to do it. Yeah, okay, blah, okay. blah, blah. So blah Fluffy again. just rots. Yeah. No problem. So now he's going to spend some time in jail and do some stupid community work. Um, but, you know, it's making stupid headlines. because I'm sure he doesn't take it seriously.
1: But it changes some minds. And people listen to us and they'll, uh, yeah. you know, look yeah. out for this and be aware of this. And thanks to a, a, a neighbor who yeah. cared enough to notice a decomposing yeah. dog here.
0: I wonder how the neighbor noticed. Hmm. Maybe you left know. the keys with the neighbor. Just go check my house every now and then.
1: For the smell. But what's, wow. what's been out of the news has been the fires in Australia. You have any news on the fires in Australia, Nancy? Yeah,
0: it's raining sweet potatoes and carrots in Australia. But we don't
1: hear about my cute, beautiful, adorable koalas that because I love so much. Because they're
0: eating them in China.
1: Yeah, they're eating them in China. You know, I'm they're afraid.
0: Are burnt to death or they're being eaten in China?
1: I can't swim so well, so I'm afraid to fly over all that much ocean to go from California to Australia. But to see koalas that now are endangered, uh, I think I might uh, watch a few movies to get over the, the flight over the ocean and go see the koalas. Okay. But we do have a, a story here. It's raining sweet potatoes and carrots in Australia's bushfire ravaged state of New South Wales. In a bid to save the endangered brush-tailed rock wallaby, the New South Wales state government arranged an airdrop of thousands of pounds of vegetables to fire-affected areas last week. About 4,400 pounds of sweet potatoes and carrots have been dropped to 11 different brush-tailed rock wallaby colonies. Those are my cutie pies, right, the little wallabies?
0: they're so cute.
1: The drop was part of a major post-fire wildlife recovery effort being carried out statewide. The, habitat of, several, the habitat, habitat of several important brush-tailed rock wallaby populations. Can we make this simple? Is this the beautiful koalas? Is this the koalas?
0: No, they're wallabies. These are wallabies? Yes.
1: They're cute, too. What do they look like, the wallabies? Little pugnose or something?
0: No, they're... I think they look like kangaroos. We
1: have to paint a picture to the listeners, Nancy. I thought we were talking about the...
0: Uh, no, they look like kangaroos, don't the they? Koalas. The koalas look like kangaroos.
1: I... I think so. Actually, yeah, it's a yeah. marsupial, right? Well, by now, yeah. all of our listeners should be on their phones looking up wallaby images yeah, to see how uh, cute they are. They
0: look like uh, they're, for- they're like a kangaroo. They look like a kangaroo.
1: Don't tell me wallabies are affected by these fires too. It's terrible.
0: Wallaby, insects, this everything. Is, the
1: whole horrible. The uh, whole ecosystem.
0: The, everything in the forest, the leaves, the trees, everything. Well,
1: the habitat of several important brush-tailed rock wallaby populations was burnt in the recent brush fires. The wallabies typically survive the fire itself, but are then left stranded with limited food as the fire takes out the vegetation around their rocky habitat. These drops will be accompanied by intensive feral predator control and will continue as the rock wallaby populations recover. More than one billion animals have been killed by the wildfires, either directly or indirectly, Recovery efforts to save animals in wildfire-hit areas are underway across Australia, including on Kangaroo Island off the South Australian coast, where tens of thousands of koalas, they're so cute, have been killed and several other unique species have been severely impacted. It has been raining in Australia for the past few days, providing some relief for emergency responders. That is delightful to hear. Yeah. And also we want to recognize we had a team... Of at least three uh, americans who went to go help yeah a c-130 crashed and uh, we we're watching that on the local news here so our hearts and prayers mm-hmm. go out to the families and we thank our men and women who uh went to assist the australian forces in fighting these uh, devastating yeah. fires a uh, firefighter died and here two weeks ago uh just probably australian uh battling a blaze in victoria bringing the total human death toll from the bushfires to 27, the New South Wales Rural Fire Service confirmed Sunday that more than 2,000 homes have been destroyed this fire season alone.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. But, you know, it's, it's raining there now, and they're just working on recovery. And
1: So I'm so glad even a little bit of rain is better than nothing. That's yeah. wonderful. So, so one, one tragic meteor, meteorological, uh, you know... Attached to the next, you know, Puerto Rico shifting here. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, as you know, has been ravaged by flooding. Terrible flooding. Now, that's not bad enough. So now they're getting earthquakes in Puerto Rico. So where the hell do they run? January 20th, 2020, three p.m. Over the past two weeks, Puerto Rico... Because of this string of disasters, pets are pouring into Puerto Rico's animal shelters. Since many of the animal shelters of Puerto Rico have been impacted by the recent earthquakes, there is a shortage of space and resources for this influx of homeless pets. Some shelters are left with no other choice but to euthanize the pets as they quickly run out of supplies and space to care for them. To help with the homeless pet problem, Wings of Rescue, greatergood.org, and the SATO, that's S as in Sam, A, T's in Tom, O, the SATO Project, recently teamed up to airlift over 110 pets from Puerto Rico out of the island's overcrowded shelters to shelters in New Jersey, Florida, and Delaware. These mainland shelters have the resources and space to adopt out those pets, leaving Puerto Rico with the ability to take in more animals. So we thank Jersey and Florida and Delaware. The the, The furry flight occurred on January 19th, First, the plane arrived in Puerto Rico, packed with much needed disaster relief supplies for the people of Puerto Rico. Once the supplies were emptied out of the plane, adoptable dogs and cats filled the now empty space. When the furry travelers arrived to the destination, they deplaned and were picked up by the SATA project and their shelter partners to be placed for adoption.
0: The first thing I want to say. For those, first I want to say for those who are interested in adopting these animals, they've been fully vetted and they're health certificated, so they're ready to be adopted out. Um, Wings of Rescue, if for those who don't know, is a donation based charity and it's dedicated to flying at risk pets to safety. So they go everywhere; they've been to wherever there's a flood, earthquake, there's a natural there's a natural disaster. Uh, They have pilots who get volunteer their time, get on the plane, and they go and they pick up these pets. And they take them to shelters who have capacity. Now, another thing that I want to also say is they actually, when the plane is empty, they load the plane with supplies for people, food, toilet paper, whatever they need, water. And then when they unload the plane, they take all all the dogs and cats. Now, I don't know if the American Red Cross does this. If they take a plane fill it up with food for the people and then once they've distributed the food to the people they take animals and they bring them to the shelter. So what I'm saying is that these animal animal rescue people mm-hmm. are far more I think broad-minded than maybe the American Red Cross should think well there's just not it's not only the people who are impacted it's also the, the the animals, you know? Maybe they should learn from this and say okay we have a plane and we're going back to where we came from. How can we you know
1: be, be used very this, efficient how and, can we be and and, and, used and, this efficiently and compassionately. Smart. So they go, they drop off supplies, and then they take back these yeah, pets, that's right. these animals, these 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 uh, rescue yeah. animals. And you're saying. They go through like a, they, they vet these a, the animals. Oh, they, yeah, they're they, all ready. They to inoculated adopted, and yes. all this stuff, ready for adoption. They're
0: ready for adoption. And a lot of them are just abandoned or they're, the people are dead or so, in a hospital. Or this is wonderful.
1: Or so let's least. get more states on board besides New Jersey, Florida, oh, and Ohio Delaware. let
0: on, on the 24th, I think on Friday, they flew 69 dogs from Phoenix to Salt Lake City. Um, they also have flights this weekend, I think, to Mississippi, to Texas. Uh, they have even rabbits and guinea pigs so, on those planes. So They're where going could, to Wisconsin, all right. uh, Maine? They go everywhere. Wherever there's, they have these participating these shelters who network with each other. I have, I can take ten dogs. I can take five cats, and the plane just goes. So wherever it's, is needed. we
1: have listeners in the audience that work for those state governments, work for the departments that would, uh, you know, take time. Uh, so where do they go? What what web page they do they go to? Do they go to greatergood.org, org, the Sato Project, and say, you know, our state, you know, Kentucky is willing to go ahead and, and take? Or well, where do they go to, well, to they be have, part of this effort?
0: Okay, the first, well, to be well, you can give, you can donate to Wings of Rescue. I think it's wingsofrescue.org. org. Unless you're a pilot and you want to volunteer your time, uh, you can make a. So And then there's the project.org I think they, they work with the shelters, so you could actually volunteer at your local shelter and, and participate in that.
1: Um, you give the people information, but, and they'll go want, ahead and get on board right. and rescue so these do, animals. Do, win,
0: look up Wings of Rescue, look up Sato Project. But there's something I want to say about greatergood.org. I have purchased from these people. They are a nonprofit store, and all their Profits, if you will, go to animal charities. So you can buy a cup. I've bought some clothes. I've bought um, some gifts over the holidays for people at work. They have everything. It's greatergood.org. Beautiful. And if you need a purse, you need a,
1: all their a cup, proceeds. You need
0: anything. Yeah. It's like a store. It's like a. a, a it's a store. What's a the web page
1: they go to again?
0: GreaterGood.org. Beautiful. And so you can buy. So you can buy gloves. You can buy a purse. You can buy luggage. You can buy what. And you, the money that you spend, the all the profits, go to various animal charities. All the proceeds.
1: It's non profit, All the proceeds. The proceeds. Beautiful. So, um, we want more of those kinds of entities and those people. So help you know when you when you have a weather ravaged place like Puerto Rico, people are saving themselves. You see the images and the the news uh, reels and all that. So you know the pets are just discarded and all that. Well, yeah. You know the poor so, rescue animals. Yeah. So if you can do your part, you know they're 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 overwhelmed, and we appreciate the states involved. And just go to the quick, you know, resort of the internet and and help. And the pilots. We thank all those charitable and you know, well, there's some
0: cute pictures of the dogs in the cockpit, and it's just...
1: Where do you see those?
0: Wingsofrescue.org.
1: Okay, well, if, now it's good enough for Nancy. All our list is across the globe. Go to Wingsofrescue.org. Yeah. Thank you, and Nancy. And
0: it just, it's just... You know, when you think that there's no hope, you, you see these pictures that's rewarding. And, you know one dog's been taken to a shelter and is gonna be adopted and have a new home see? and a new good life. It just you know it's that's it why it makes I you revive your faith in humanity. Be
1: the know? person your dog thinks you are. That's right. Okay. There you go. Just do that, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, we're shifting. First-time homeowners Carrie and Dustin Drees and their nine-month-old daughter arrived last month into their house in Buckhead, District of Atlanta, and soon after went on vacation to California. When the dresses returned home on January 1st, they found their house in total shambles. Wood chippings, chimneys, soot, scratched floors, chewed up baseboards, broken window and door frames, a damaged couch, and poop from a small animal all over.
0: Sounds like a party with the ACDC.
1: Yeah, see that? (laughs) They eventually realized. Nancy, you didn't start your program this week with a joke. What the hell happened? What the the hell happened? I missed that. Uh, Anyway, they eventually realized that the damage totaled $15,000 was done by a rogue squirrel from his attempt to get out. Wow, that's power. While they were away, their security system went off multiple times, but each time the security service said its responding officers found no signs of breaking. The Dreese's also had friends drop by the house, but they too found no evidence of forced entry. They soon figured the likely offender was a squirrel, which also left his tiny paw prints all over the house. It appears that the rodent got in through the chimney and then panicked when it couldn't find a way out. The furry suspect eventually came out of hiding, jumping out of the couch and trying to escape through the chimney where he initially dropped in from. A pest control service captured the squirrel and took him away. Much to their chagrin, the couple's homeowner's insurance company said it's not Responsible to cover the cost of damage. Yeah, that's a bunch of crap. But they're not responsible. The spokesman for the insurer, Mercury Insurance told pause, NBC long
0: pause.
1: <laughs> Told NBC News that it received the Drees claim, but it's ruled the couple's not covered for squirrel damage. According to Mercury Insurance Quote, damage done to a property by birds, vermin, rodents, and insects is not covered. This is explicitly stated in the contract that all insurance companies have similar exclusions. Damage from birds, vermin, rodents, and insects are base, basic maintenance issues that are the homeowner's responsibility. Yeah,
0: your favorite insurance company. Right. So let's, uh, let's mm-hmm. try to call um, our guest, Connie. Let's dial her up here.
1: Well, this is the favorite part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Yes. and beautiful listeners around the globe, where we have a a, a call in guest, and uh, they're usually excellent. In fact, they're always excellent. Um, and, you know, and I look forward to this do, part um, of the show. Um, dialing? Are we- I, I look forward to this part of the show where Nancy uh, and Chadwick they demonstrate their expertise in electronics. I think- uh, you know.
0: Are we so, talk, are we, how come
1: I don't hear the? All right. I'm not hearing
0: uh, Connie. Are you? Connie, are you are there?
2: You I am. Oh, Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, So we're the we're
0: the your expertise is great. So thank you for no, joining good. us. Uh, this is Nancy, and I'm here with my co-host William.
1: William Mayoff here, and uh, we welcome you to LA Talk Radio, Nancy Animal News Magazine. How are you today, Connie Spence? I'm great. How are you? Welcome, welcome. We're okay. We're doing. We're hanging. So,
0: in. so why, why don't you tell us a little bit um, what uh, Vegan Justice League is about and uh, and how you how you got involved? Yeah,
2: I mean, it kind of starts with you know, kind of. I think the best way to describe it is where I started and what led me to it. And and really, I've been vegan for 11 years before. You know the influx of fast food restaurants with vegan options. Before there were, you know, uh, dozens and dozens of vegan grocery items on the shelf. Um, I was vegan during a time where you started seeing that growth pick up in consumerism and and products coming out. And um, you know, at that time, there were not a lot of activists that you saw on, let's say, social media. Social media wasn't really an aspect of people showing. Um, you know, their activism. And then all of a sudden I would say about halfway into veganism in the years that i have been vegan, um, I started seeing activists out. And so I started becoming an activist and I actually – started doing, I hijacked this giant stage light and I started projecting messages on walls and I became known as Vegan Batgirl, well, like the Batman light.
1: Okay, yeah. And Well, that's fantastic. And, what what cities yeah. were you, Vegan Batgirl? Wait, that's cool. And that's original. That's unique. I did not know that you, yeah. Connie Spence. I salute you for that. What cities were you the, the Vegan Batgirl?
2: Um, I was everywhere. I actually did it in Los Angeles a lot. I also did it in um, Oklahoma, I did it in places in Texas. I've, I, the, the message can shine up to 70 feet in diameter. So the messages, vegan messages, an example would be factor fiction. Ninety nine percent of all the animals you eat are under six months old. Go vegan. You each letter would be the size of a human. So think of how far people could see it and people would come up and they would talk and we talk about veganism and just like with the activism you see on social media. Now I was changing people on the street left and right, even in places like Oklahoma where it's very much a farm country, hunter country. Um, The reason I'm giving this context, or you, we can, we can talk about this part of it for a second because vegan justice league is a political education part of veganism. And um, you know, I'm, I, I can sort of unpack both phases of, of you know, my last 11 years
1: of being vegan. Well, I'm I, you know, I'm caught up in the Batman cartoon, the Batgirl stuff. I love it. And I think that's memorable. And I'm wondering if I'm sleeping in a cave that I didn't know about this. But that's great. And that's a great association <laughs> with Connie Spence. No, but go ahead. That's part of your biography. I love it. I hope I can Google that and see something about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: you can find it. Yeah, okay. there's, you know, I have... I have a lot of crazy things that happened while I was doing the Batman light. So obviously it was a great form of activism because passively like a billboard, people could read it from very far away. I would make sure to do it like on, on stadiums where a lot of people were at, I'd make sure to do it where people were, um, you know, eating and being entertained by doing other things. And so People would search for who's who's doing that light, you know, where is that coming from? And people would come up, and so the majority of interactions were great. Um, There were several that could have been a little bit dicey, you know. I've I've had I put a lot of it on camera to to keep myself safe. I've had of course,
1: of
2: course. Yeah, you you have people try to do different things, like like take your equipment, push you around, and things like that. But the interesting part.
1: What's that? Stay safe and tell us. Sorry to interrupt. Tell us about the interesting. Thing. And do you have any more future showings of, of the of the vegan bat? Uh, you know. Yeah. Do you have any future intentions? Go ahead. I interrupted. I
2: was thinking. I was thinking about doing the bull riding event coming up in um, a couple of weeks in Los Angeles at the Staples Center. Um, I was thinking about doing a Batman light on like right off the freeway that. That pointed at the direction and says something like, you know, um, use, something that effective using animals for entertainment, um, especially the most gentle ones, is not something to celebrate okay. or something to that effect. Right. Um, Just so yourself. the bull riding event is one she's that I'm thinking great. about
1: doing. She's great. We'll
0: keep an eye on that.
1: Okay, continue on before yep. before I started with this backer, vegan backer. I think that's the <laughs> yeah. you got me hook, line, yeah, and sinker. So,
2: police interactions. I have had over 75. I've had helicopters come down, you know, shining their lights on me as I'm shining a light about veganism. Um, I've never been arrested. Um, I've been shut down two or three times. Um, Never thought I would be somebody that would interact with police as much as I have. Probably became pretty an expert at dealing with police. (laughs) Um, And so, okay, so I started thinking, okay, I've been vegan long enough. I see all these upticks in, you know, um, the grocery aisle where I'm seeing vegan items taking up more and more space. I'm seeing all these, you know, uh, in the past, you'd never meet a vegan. And now everywhere you go, you're meeting a vegan. I'm like, animal production should be going down soon. And this was about 2016. I was like, 2015, 2016. I'm like, it is going to, production is going to decrease. And there were about two years where I followed the USDA production and I see I'm seeing it not decrease. And then I'm seeing it the year later not decrease again. And then I'm like, you know what? Something's not right. Like I'm in I'm in data analytics. Um, it's <clears throat> I was in advertising, um, started selling software, and then started selling data software, and then became a data analyst. There's kind of a path there. But um, I am now in data analytics, and and I I'm like the data doesn't match up. It doesn't match up with how many. Um, dairy companies are going bankrupt. It doesn't match up with oh, with uh, all these like increases in vegan, um, you know, uh, uh, products. You have these products who can't even in the same warehouse because they're growing so big and they outgrow it and they have to keep and moving we on. Of, we speak of this um, every week like, Beyond
1: Meat, Impossible Burger, all the growth of that. Their stock prices going up. So Exactly. You're, but, you're, so, but the stats aren't reflecting the revolution of Impossible Burger. So you, they're not. Is there some distortion, intentional distortion of these, these statistics? Yes. Thank you. Well, T- tell us. Well, at first
2: I wasn't sure it was intentional and I wasn't of the statistics. I, at first I was thinking this doesn't make sense. So like, uh, you know, why is production not going down? And then some people would be like, well, it's because of international trade. well, it's because of population increase. But then I started catching wind of articles about how often we're bailing them out with our taxes. Bailing them out means that we're paying them for when they're not selling their food Who's them Who's And then them? I found articles the the
1: about the stockpile. When you say paying them, subsidizing them, t- tell the listeners no, who they beyond
2: are. subsidies. So our subsidies, Subsidies are is welfare. Subsidies is another word for welfare, and we need to start saying it that way because when the the farm bill, which is is the bill that encompasses both livestock and dairy subsidies, is also the same bill that provides SNAP programs, which is welfare. So we're going to call our taxes helping low income people buy groceries welfare, and not call um, you know our taxes paying millions of dollars to, to livestock investors, also welfare. Um, we are creating a pattern of systemic racism because there is an ethnic, a complete ethnic um, I, there's isolated ethnicities in both. And so the, the point is, we can talk about that another time, but the point is, is that it's welfare and we are essentially um, our taxes pay for their product. To be super successful and profitable to them, because we pay for their equipment, we pay for their land, we pay for their water, we Who's pay there? for there? um, there's we there's pay there's for their there's... animal feed, we there's... pay for their insurance policies. Connie, um, is it big farmers um, or small Co- yep. farmers? Connie,
1: who who were? I understand the subsidies. The real name is welfare. It's our tax dollars helping these yep. slaughterhouses, meat producers. Can, yep. you, can you be a little more specific as to our tax dollars, the welfare going to who? So we've got the progression of Beyond Meat and all the beautiful, you know, plant-based yep. sources, and that's the reality. It is growing. So who is it that we're subsidizing or welfare Is it
0: the small farmer? Is it the big factory? No. I mean- yeah,
2: so small farmers don't even get to participate. You have to have a head count, let's just say cattle, more than 1,500 cattle. And even in some cases, it's just, it's, it's. Super mega farms. So, so, are, so small are we, farmers are completely um, not even able to participate in okay. this. It is very much um, mega farmers, and is turning into mega conglomerates who are combining into these large monopolies. Okay. So, um, of meatpacking companies and the, of, of, of large meatpacking producers. Companies.
1: Who are the large meatpacking companies that you believe are receiving all these this welfare, this taxpayer assistance?
2: You have you have Purdue. You have Smithfield. Smithfield. Um, some of these owners don't even, you know, the don't even live in the United States. So our taxes are, um, you know, money's going to China, money's going to, um, Brazil. Um, you know, this welfare is going to elite farmer investors, um, not just in the United States. And so those are what subsidies do. Subsidies make the, the playing field um, unequal because we're paying for all of their overhead costs.
0: So let's say they, you know, because more and more people like you Sarah are going plant based. So if, so they're getting subsidies to pay for equipment, to pay for lighting, whatever, to pay for the employees, but they, they're not producing more animals and who's, who's, who's eating, who's slaughtering and eating these animals if they're not selling them? Well, so, so what
2: happens is, is then beyond those subsidies, we've been bailing them out. And so we used to bail them out about every three to four years, about $20 million. And it usually was directed at the dairy industry, sometimes the pork, pork industry. The last bailout in, um, you know, a little over 365 days was $28 billion. So we went from $20 million to $28 billion. Oh, And so, so we overpaid them.
1: Go ahead. So, are you saying what what should be happening here is we should let the industry atrophy, right? I mean, we let it fade, like they let Sears. And some industries just go by the wayside, like Blockbuster, say, Taxi Drivers, exactly. You know, right, right, right. We, Uber, I mean, right. P- put all those industries to an end. So what you're saying is they're artificially keeping the slaughterhouses, the meat producers, yep. Tyson, Purdue, those folks. You should give us a place where we could read up on this, or the listeners could read up on this. They're keeping that part alive, and they should let it free and, and go, and let people just new sources of energy in California, windmills, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I'm if thinking, the, who's
0: eating the, these animals? Are they just raising no, them no, and but but you're and saying tw- them? Tw- I mean, what do they do with these? Animals? They don't
1: raise. They just get, what, what do they do with these subsidies? Twenty billion dollars. Okay,
2: so so what happened in um, 20, 2018 and nineteen is that Trump placed tariffs on China, and so what happened at that point is they didn't sell a, a bunch of the soy products as well as livestock pro- livestock to. Um, to China during that time. And so our taxes bailed them out. So what they, and this isn't the first time it's basically any economic condition they can, you know, they can come up with any economic condition and it means they're not selling and it means we're bailing them out. And so they put it in a stockpile. So right now there are, uh, it's about four to 4.5 billion pounds of unsold animals. It's both dairy and, um, animal flesh in a stockpile that that is that equates to anywhere from 250 million animals and and more that were unsold and so it's just this rotating door that keeps actually increasing so these unsold animals keep increasing the pork um you can look up articles if you if you search for pork surplus there's a pork surplus that's the highest it's ever been Um, you know so so, yes, veganism is absolutely working, but they will never let us know that because they will they will discuss any loss um, that happens as a as a as a market condition. And then that market condition, therefore, our, our taxes will bail them out. Connie, and so, you know, 28 billion happened and nobody batted an eye. No, you don't uh, see media sit complaining it, it, it about, you know, make, uh, make the where did news. we get this twenty eight billion from?
0: So what's the point of propping up these these ranchers and, and these? I mean, what's the point of propping them up if there's if demand is lacking? Where, where
2: because mother- they are in more control of politics and the government than you think. So if you go back in history, um, the first people that arrived were farmers. The- first four or five presidents were farmers they were the majority population until the 1900s and until the industrial revolution and they remain in power they have they have kept us in an electoral vote system which gives um more power to rural farming voters by gerrymandering districts yeah. and people don't realize the why real that existed
0: again exists, it exists
1: because of the farmers
0: right. so how do we end this how do we how do we stop
1: this? How do we stop? How, how, how do we how do we address it? How do we address do it?
2: Right, exactly. So in the past, I think when someone said subsidies, like if you if you were vegan and someone said, well, your taxes still pay, you're like, well, I'm doing the best to my ability. Right. We'd answer with that sort of like powerful, but still defeatist. Like, you know, we just have to deal with it thing. And I was like that too. I was devastated when I found this out and when I found all the bailouts and all the corruption that existed, um, and how the, the ag, the agriculture lobby group was shaking hands with every president and, you know, behind the scenes was always making these deals. Um, you know, act, our government is basically like the business development arm of private industry. Um, you don't have our government doing that with, with the auto industry, or anything. And so, So I was like looking at what the playbook was. The playbook is lobbying. They have lobbyists that create relationships in politics. And I realized that why don't we have a big vegan lobbying group? Like why have we completely, um, why has this been our blind spot? And I just realized, you know, a lot of us are anarchists. That might be why, you know, we're always like looking at ways the system indoctrinates us and we're like question those ways and perhaps we've taken things on the street and just left them on the street. You know, right. we'll march with signs outside of the White House when we could be like walking right inside, making right. meetings, shaking hands, hugging politicians. Right, you know, right. that's what the agriculture industry is doing. Trump was just in Austin at the Farm Bureau conference just last weekend, I believe. Right. right. Um, and And so why, why, so farmers are, farmers and farmer investors are less than 1.5% of the population. Vegans are at least at 3%. I actually, I, I do rough estimates all the time based on my data knowledge and what I see in the media or what I see in media spends with advertisers and when they're, Selecting the demographic of vegan, vegans. And I actually believe we're closer to 8.5%. Okay. So, um, of so the we've got to get right a now.
1: voice. We've got to get a voice, Hollywood, whatever it is, to go ahead. If we're 3%, if we represent more than the farmers. We got to manifest that. We do. We persuade and, Absolutely. We, we are more
2: powerful. Face. We need to start acting like it. We just haven't centralized. We've centralized great with activism. We've centralized great with veg fest everywhere. What we've not done is we don't have a political voice. We don't have a channel so to we communicate. We got to organize that. State out- your
1: webpage. State your webpage. So does your webpage help us? Does VJL,
0: does VJL yes. do this? agriculture
2: So love veganjusticeleague.com right? or agriculturefairnessalliance.org.
1: Connie, let me ask. Something. I'm going to forget here. You, you said at one point, since we had tariffs on China, we didn't go ahead and export, I think, if I understood you correctly, our soy beans. they didn't sell as much or whatever. We were actually subsidizing, subsidizing or welfaring, if you will, the Chinese. Was that a point of yours? We were sub, We were welfaring Chinese livestock feed. Thank you. We That's what I thought you said, yes. Connie. Is that crazy? That's
2: sick. We're, we literally are, are, are wagging our finger at I'm, people that need... Snap $125 grocery, but yet we're okay with feeding the welfaring. The livestock a foreign, feed for China.
1: A foreign country. Not you even a for country. U.S. A foreign that's country. That's so, Isn't that wild? That's disgusting. It's, you know, you earned yourself another visit on our show just with the bat, the vegan bat girl thing. That's, you got Actually, a carte blanche. That's running the one. out
0: of time, but what I would like is for you to come back Please. and focus more on a Vegan Justice League, what exactly you do in Washington. And yeah, elsewhere. that's a
2: lobbying group, yes. and, and we have hired our first lobbyist. Um, We've been educating people. It's a hard pill to swallow, but we've been trying so hard to educate people fast. And we do have a lobbyist who's been hustling with meetings in Congress. So we finally have that voice um, and, yeah, I'd be happy to talk about the legislation please um, Please, that we enlighten have. us, enlighten yep. us.
1: But when people go to the the food counters now and they see Beyond Meat and they see the changes, they go to Burger King, and they see an impossible veggie, plant-based stuff, they, there's so much promise here. And if we could correct what you're saying, the welfare to the the people, the, the industry that should be dying off, let them get alternative oh, well, uh, we're industries. We're not making the dent. I mean, it's yeah. all fighting
0: good for our health and otherwise. We, we but we're not making, because the government keeps throwing money at these yeah, people. Yeah,
1: Connie, we got to get you with the backlight the there, safe and sound, but you got to be all over the, you're fantastic. I, I'm so still Connie, caught up we're, with that. We're,
0: we have to end the show now, but I would really love to have you back and talk about part two, talk about actually vegan to justice. To mobilize. Absolutely. You're lobbyists. Yeah, you let's
2: do. talk about creating the actual capitalist society that we've bought. If everybody else has to abide by supply and demand, they do too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd right. love to talk through that with with your audience for sure
1: man, you've been such a pleasant guest connie's the best connie, She's a, thank just you great. so much
0: thanks for the education have a great rest of the day and uh, we'll be in touch for a uh, part two coming
1: back on okay connie perfect thanks. sounds, sounds great thanks guys take care Bye bye. bye-bye thank you
0: What an educational call.
1: Nancy, you got the greatest guest. This this is Animal News Magazine Uh, with Nancy DeFabio and William Mayoff.
0: All these people, beautiful. Great guest. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Too far to walk. There there you go.
1: Take care. Next question.
0: You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on LA Talk Radio.